First uh, Chronicles tonight, please. First Chronicles. Got saved as a policeman, and about two years later, God called me to preach. Went off to Bible college. Same time, we put our first little daughter in Christian school. And um, so I'm sitting in chapel as a fairly new Christian in Bible college, and they would say, uh, turn to the book of Ezra. And I'm thinking, Ezra? So you flip to the front of the Bible, figure out where that is. And by the time I got there, guess what? Yeah, they were someplace else. So then I heard my little daughter around the house singing a, a little song. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. How many of you heard that? Or some version. So I said, honey, what is that? Well, that's all the books of the Bible, Dad. Teach that to me. So I'm sitting down. She, she's tutoring me. Pretty soon I got that whole song down. I'm thinking, okay, now I'm ready. So in chapel they say, turn to the book of Nehemiah. And I'm going, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And by the time I get there, guess what? Okay, now, did I give you enough time to get to 1 Chronicles? Okay, 1 Chronicles, the Bible says this, verse 32. Oh, I, didn't I tell you I am so sorry, uh, 12. Let's, tw- let's do chapter 12. 1 Chronicles, chapter 12, verse 32. And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. So apparently prophecy was very important even in the Old Testament. Prophecy has always been important. Uh, For God's people who have a book that tell you what's going to happen before it happens, it should be the greatest eye-opener we'd ever uh, have in our, in our lives. Now, I'm asking uh, the ushers, could you ushers, babe, where are those, back here? Could you ushers come and help me, uh, the ones that did the offering? Are they gone? They're counting. Okay, how about um, some men from each section here? If you take that section. Could I have one more man? Brother Lionel, please. That, okay, yeah, I have He got up first, I think, (laughs) in this middle section. Uh, So tonight, here's where we're looking. Is the United States of America in prophecy? The the thing that would make us be the most interested is what? We live in the United States of America. Now, here's an interesting thing. The sheet I'm passing out to you is kind of a map, and you have to understand about maps. so it gives you kind of a general vicinity. And then uh, it's a map of uh, Iraq and Bible prophecy. And I'm not really going to go there, but here's where I want to go tonight. I want you to realize that there's one nation that's mentioned more times in, in the Bible than any other nation, and that's Israel. But the second most mentioned uh, nation is Iraq. And Iran. Now, if you'll kind of look on that page there where the map is, you'll see why it's very important. And if you just keep in mind that um, Iraq and Iran were once together in Bible days, and they were called different names, uh, Mesopotamia. And you'll see it here in the census. Mesopotamia, they were called... um, uh, different names in the scripture, um, the plains of Shinar. But look at all the things that happened in this particular area of, uh, of the, the maps. You'll see them there, and I'm not going to read them all. The Garden of Eden was in Iraq. Mesopotamia is now Iraq and Iran. Noah built his ark there. You can read that while I'm preaching, okay? And I want you to see how important that place is. It'll give you a little bit of an idea... And then, you can read this other thing while I'm preaching, but flip your pages over, and you'll see the origin of the Middle East nations. So, where did these countries come from? And you'll see, basically, again, this is reading while I'm preaching, if you'd like. Um, 
What you'll discover here is, by the way, if I told you, now don't read this while I'm preaching. Yeah, so go ahead and read it. So uh, what you'll begin to see here is the big conflict over there is really basically the same struggle that I had as a pastor doing a funeral. Uh, it wasn't the funeral that was the big issue, the preaching, because you'd see maybe some lost family members and saved family members there, and many would get saved. That wasn't the issue. You know what the issue was? It was always the infighting in the family uh, before and after the death of mom. Do you know what I'm talking about? So it was almost, and I know this is cold, but it's almost like birds of prey hovering around the bed of mom in the hospital, and it was always about dividing up the stuff. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's kind of cold, but it's reality, isn't it? Uh, many times it can be that way. Now, for Christians, it shouldn't be that way, but I saw, even for Christians, we have some infighting. So, all these nations that are fighting over there now, here's Israel, and the other nations that you're, you'll see there are all circling around Israel, and uh, like Israel is a T-bone steak, and all the other nations are like wild animals that are ready to pounce, why is that? Well, it's because way back there, God told Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. Abraham and Sarah, uh, and he's going to be, by the way, the father of what we would call today the Jews. And, and they were old, 90 years old, no children. How can this be? So remember, Sarah came up with the plan. What was the plan? Well, today we would say artificial insemination. But the plan was, uh, take my uh, handmaid, Hagar, have a child with her, we'll adopt the child, and this will be the fulfillment of God's promise. By the way, God does not need our help to fill, fulfill his promises, see? So that happened. Well, then, then Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. Ishmael was the father of all the Arabs, or all the ites, we would say. And you'll just see right there, see? And all the ites kind of have one thing in common. Like uh, you'll see here on your sheet, the Ammonites and the Moabites, top and bottom there. They were the two daughters of Lot. Remember what happened when Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed? Lot, his wife, and two daughters left, and the the caution was from the angel, don't turn back, just run uh, out of here. But Lot's wife turned back and did what? Turned into a pillar of salt. And then those two daughters uh, were immoral with their father and gave birth to ancestral children. So, so it all goes back. Finally, Abraham and Sarah received the promise that they should have waited for. And... Uh, through their own bodies that were past childbearing, God supernaturally gave them a baby called Isaac. Isaac became the seed that would come down to, the, to produce the promised seed of the Jews. Now, all we're seeing over there now is still a lot of family fighting. See? So, the Arabs are saying, we were the firstborn. We are from the seed of Ishmael. We were firstborn, see? But it was illegitimate. And the Jews say, yeah, but we are the seed of Abraham and Sarah that God promised. So it's just a big bunch of infighting. Um, and I will say this to you. Fifteen nations are named by name in the scriptures concerning prophecy, in the last days. Now, the mystery to me always was, born and raised in the United States of America, the most powerful country on the planet. And by the way, I think that's waning, don't you? 
the most powerful nation on the planet, why in the world does it seem like we are not mentioned in prophecy? That's almost unheard of. China's mentioned, Russia's mentioned, uh, little small countries are mentioned. And you'll see that on the map. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I just want you to see how, the important, how important the geography is over there. All the stuff that happened over there. Why, why isn't the United States of America mentioned in prophecy? Now, it's not mentioned by name. I do think tonight, that's where I'm going with this, I want to show you why I think maybe it's mentioned in, in type or in shadow. And then we're going to talk about why isn't the most powerful country on the planet mentioned by name in Scripture. Okay, that's where we're going. Now, to get there, we have to go to Ezekiel chapter 38, okay? Your map will show you kind of the rundown of the nations. So turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 38. And what we'll see here, like your map shows, it's a, the Armageddon coalition. There will be five nations joining Russia, and they will come down and attack Israel. So I'm just going to pick up the reading out of verse 1, and we're only going to go through verse 13 tonight. So I'll go quick, read fast, you listen fast, and hopefully we'll all arrive about the same time. Verse 1. And the word of the Lord said unto me, uh, uh, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Well, if you want to know what this is all about, then you really need to go to Genesis chapter 10. Genesis chapter 10 is the chapter of generations <clears throat> way back there and the kids that were born after that, and so forth. And you'll see from that, you'll see uh, what this, uh, who, who this country is. This country, uh, and if you think about it, the uh, Magog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, the um, Gog would be the name like a president. It's just a title. Magog <clears throat> would be Russia. Tubalsk is, um, it, it, it gives you here the name um, uh, Meshach and Tubal. Meshach today is Moscow. Tubal is, Tuba, uh, is today Tubalsk. So what you'll discover here is that five nations with Russia will join together. By the way, they already have. They have been partners in trade, and you'll see some things here as we go. But why would God set his face against Gog of Magog, Russia? Why would he do that? Remember when we were in the race to outer space? Who beat the United States of America into outer space? And Russia astronaut up there in outer space broadcast back this interesting thing. We've circled the, the whole entire earth, and we've looked around up here. There is no God. Now, how many of you know that's not true? I think God knows that's not true. Are you hearing me? And that's the kind of atheistic country they have been over there, persecuting Christians even to this day. And the bottom line is, God has come to the point where he's fed up with this group that are against him and against Israel. Now look at verse uh, 3. So here's the prophecy. And say, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back <clears throat> and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with, buck, uh, with the, uh, bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, and then he starts naming these nations. And your map will show you kind of basically where they are. Persia, now Persia in 1935 changed its name to Iran. Iran and Iraq used to be all together 
a little strife over the Shiites and the Sunnis, and it kind of splits some things up there. Uh, Ethiopia, Ethiopia is the black African nations, and, Li and Libya, uh, the Arab uh, African nations. Um, and, uh, with them and all of them with shields and, and, uh, and, and helmet, Gomer and all the bands and house of Togarma of the north is Turkey, north quarters, and all his bands and many people. Now, just stop here for a second. <clears throat> so here's Russia. The scripture says <clears throat> that God is going to put a hook in Russia's jaw, and it's like he's going to drag them down into this uh, battle attacking Israel. It's almost like Russia may not really want to be a part of this, but he's going to drag them down. This coalition, Russia and five other countries, the number six, man's number, have already come together. Russia has been a trading party with Turkey and, and their followers, countries, so to say, uh, for years and years and years. <clears throat> Russia has paid off, basically forgiven two-thirds of Turkey's debt over the years. So, and then here's the interesting thing. All these other countries are Muslim Islamic faith. Do you realize that Russia has worked with these nations so much that now over 50% of the Russian military are Islamic faith. So Russia may not be all that interested in coming down and fighting, but God has put a hook. You see, it is important who you hang around with, isn't it, really? I mean, in all of life, it's important who you hang around with. So all of a sudden, boom, Russia and these associates, Islamic associates, are being dragged down because the Islam people, the Ishmaelites, absolutely hate the Jewish uh, people. Matter of fact, declaration after declaration in the United Nations, they say that Israel should be wiped off the face of the earth. Especially what country? What country especially is saying that? Iran. Iran. <clears throat> um, now, how do we know that, by the way? How do we know that Iran wants to annihilate the Jewish people? Well, they said so. And they've kind of proved it by what? Making enriched uranium to make a what? Nuclear bomb. And quite frankly, a few months ago, so they've got the bomb, they needed a vehicle, a missile, to get it there. A few months ago, they even finished the missile. So how close are we? We're very close. <clears throat> so it's not an idle threat. You know, Israel has been threatened for a long time. It's not an idle threat. Now Iran has that bomb. Iran has a missile to get that bomb to Israel. If I wanted an army on the planet to protect me, it would be the Israeli army. Do you know that? They are incredible. I mean, <clears throat> so their protection is this. They've got this iron dome, and so missiles are always shot their way, bombs, and they knock them down. Um, they, they have a brand new philosophy with this new government. Used to, Iran, by the way, is the country that um, breeds terrorism. And so it used to be other countries and people there learn how to be terrorists, go back and from this place or that place attack Israel, and Israel would retaliate wherever they attack. But they have a brand new philosophy. It's called the octopus philosophy. And the octopus philosophy says this. You know, octopus with its tentacles. They used to fight the tentacles. Okay? Iran was the head. One of the tentacles over here in Syria would shoot. And they all know that they were trained in Iran. So you know what the new 
uh, policy is. They call it the octopus principle. Every time one of the tentacles does something, shoots a rocket or something toward Israel, they will, they will hit the head, Israel. I mean, uh, Iran. Israel will go into Iran and assassinate somebody. Top line somebody, pew. All, and Israel does an unusual thing. You know, all the other nations, the terrorists, once they perform terrorism, then they brag about it. It was us. We did it. Israel has this unwritten law. They will not tell you what they've done. How many think that's a pretty smart move, really? Uh, <clears throat> they have assassinated more science, uh, scientists. Like Russia had 293 scientists and physicists that worked with Iran to produce this nuclear bomb. And so every now and then, boom, 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 they would let, they'd get so far, and Israel would walk in and wipe out some of their scientists. Does this make sense to you, what I'm saying? Well, I'm telling you, this is a hot spot over there. So <clears throat> these are the countries you're reading right here that are already locked in. Now look with me here. Go back to verse um, um, 7. Now this is speaking to Gog, would be Russia. Be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, uh, and be thou a guard unto them. One little verse speaks volumes. <clears throat> Every time in Afghanistan or some of those countries we've battled in, you go in and what do you find? You find Russian military. You go into Syria, what do you find? Russian military. You go in Iraq, Iran, what do you find? Russian military. Do you realize thousands of years ago when this was written, who could have ever guessed the, the truth that be thou prepared, in other words, Russia, get your, um, get your bombs, get your military up, be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled with thee. So Russia has been preparing and giving weapons to all these people. By the way, how many of you know we contributed when we pulled out of Afghanistan? Unbelievable. Probably one of the most embarrassing things in the history of the United States of America. We just left billions of military equipment there. Now we're going to leave it, but please don't use it against us. Whew. That's why I'm saying now, <clears throat> this is King James Version, that I think the leaders on planet Earth right now have low to no IQ. Now, you can find that probably in one of the books in the Bible. Now, all I'm trying to say to you is this. This is where we are today. This is the battle that we're facing. So, evidence thousands of years ago when this was written, <clears throat> that God knew that Israel was going to start supplying all these countries, the terrorist countries, with weapons. Now, pick it up in verse 8. <clears throat> verse 8 now is talking to uh, Israel. After many days... Thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is bought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have always been waste, but is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. May the 14th, 1948, Israel finally was recognized as a nation. I mean, they were immediately attacked. God supernaturally defended them. But here's what I'm saying to you. <clears throat> in 1948, I was four years old, had no clue about anything. But in 1948, this prophecy was fulfilled. That Israel was brought back from all these nations. Remember what we said the other night, or the other day? World War I <clears throat> got the land back for the people of Israel. World War II, motivated through Hitler for the people to go back to their land. See, it took World War I to do that. It took World War II. Now, World War III will finally, the Israeli people will, will wake up biblically, and actually right here, Ezekiel 38, and recognize, wow, I can't believe it. We missed our Messiah, and there will be a spiritual awakening. Um, I'm talking fast. Is everybody on the bus? Okay. So exciting when you see it, though. 
you know. Um, verse 9, then back to uh, Russia. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Uh, thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, It shall also come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. Now, I just want to stop there for a second. So apparently, Russia, the leader of Russia, Gog, the president, will have an evil thought, and all of a sudden, this big attack will occur. Now, go with me for a second. Keep your place here. I'm coming back to the book of the Revelation. We touched on this the other night, but I think it's so very important. Revelation chapter 16. See, I think this is really what's going to take place and is taking place right now. Revelation chapter 16. Remember, verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils, demons we would call them today, demonion, working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth, and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief, blessed is he that watcheth, and keepeth his garment, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame, and he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, what's the word? Armageddon. So, <clears throat> we looked the other night. Satan and his demons control the masses through one simple thing. A lie. He's a liar and the father of lies. What can a father do? Reproduce himself. So if Satan can get a president of the United States to believe a lie and oh my word yeah, it's almost uh, I just wish somebody could get him to believe a truth somewhere along the line if Satan can get him to believe a lie then from that lie he will father more lies and he's doing that in world leaders all across the planet how did it happen? just what we were talking about spiritual warfare the other night so these Devils, these demons, are sent out to the kings and then to the people. Whatever happens up here, it's called the trickle-down. Whatever happens up here always goes down. That's why it's so important as a family structure, as a man, the Scripture says you and I are the head of the family. Whatever we believe, wherever, whatever direction we're going, guess what? It trickles all the way down. How many of you understand what I'm saying? It's kind of like this. We were driving along one day, and <clears throat> we did a lot of driving. I married the cutest little Uber driver you'll ever want to meet. She says, look, my job is to drive, your job is to preach. So we're driving along, and she said, sweetheart, isn't it amazing that the Lord in his kindness gives every little kid one free ethnic national language? I never thought of that. How many of you speak English? How many of you were born in an English-speaking home? Okay, now you could, run, you could learn Spanish or Russian if you wanted to, but you'd have to, but I mean, think about it. So as a little kid, you learned your native language. You went off to school and you learned how to diagram things and speak a little bit better, but you already had that down. You see what I'm saying? Now, it's the same thing true when you're growing up. You also learn an emotional language. How many of you know yellers reproduce yellers? Powders reproduce what? Powders. It's kind of what you get indoctrinated with. Now, think about that for a second. These little Palestinian kids, when they're in the arms, they are being taught what? Those rotten, no good, lousy Jews, you know, we hate them, we hate them, we hate them. By the way, there's an awful lot of hate going on in the United States of America. It took us years to 
recover from some of the slavery days and the wrongs that took place. And now guess what? It's being ripped open all over again. See? Oh, it's just... Division is what I'm trying to say. See? So the Scripture goes on to say here, think an evil thought. So I believe Gog has an evil thought thanks to what we've been talking about, spiritual warfare. And verse 11 comes in. And thou shalt say, Ah, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages, Israel. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely. Now, by the way, I know there's always some kind of missiles or something from time to time going in there, but overall, they are dwelling safely. Their Arabs come in and work in their city and go out almost like the United States, Mexico, back and forth the border. Uh, dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. And here's the reason, verse 12, to take a spoil and to take a prey. Now stop there for a second. What does Israel have that would be worth attacking them and taking a spoil? You help me. This gives me an opportunity to see, uh, as we travel across the nation, uh, who's keeping up on prophecy. Can I be real frank with you? Okay, so what does Israel have that other nations would like to have? Oil. Matter of fact, 30 miles off the Mediterranean recently, a few years ago, they discovered uh, gas and oil. Usually those are two come together. Enough oil and gas to sustain them, they think, for hundreds of years, and not only that, but enough to sell to all the countries around them. Now, right now, Russia kind of had, it did until somebody whoever that was, blew up their oil pipe. But they had kind of a monopoly on all that, going to Europe, see? But now all of a sudden, again, a few years ago, Israel has this unbelievable mammoth find. Okay, that's one thing. What else? How many of you, how many of you ever, I'm sorry, Agriculture. Man, it's a land that was absolute desert, but it's just like the prophecy. Now it's flourishing. How many of you have ever been um, to Israel? Who, who was there before? Okay, now, did you guys go to the Dead Sea? Okay, did you try swimming in the Dead Sea? Uh, the Dead Sea, now why do they call it the Dead Sea? There's nothing alive in there. But, and, and to swim... There's so many minerals and nutrients in, in the Dead Sea that they're harvesting trillions and trillions of dollars. But it's so um, uh, heavy in there, uh, you, you float way up out of the water. You almost have to reach down to swim. It's, it's really weird. You couldn't drown in the Dead Sea if you wanted to, unless somebody's two or three people are really holding you under. You know how it's hard to push a basketball under the water? So what I'm saying to you is enormous amount of money. And you think about it, Israel is a land bridge to three continents. If you had that little country, it would be like a doorway to three different continents, militarily-wise or, or economically. So they're going to take a spoil is what they're going to do. That's what the Scripture says. To take a spoil and to take a prey to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods and dwell in the midst of the land. Now, the Hebrew word for midst would be our equivalent today, navel, belly button. How many of you brought yours? Okay, since we're on that subject, uh, did Adam and Eve have a navel? Let's vote. How many think, yes, Adam and Eve had an evil? Okay. How many say, no, I don't think Adam and Eve did have it? There's a lot of non-voters. Maybe that's why we're in trouble in the United States of America. Well, okay, ask yourself this simple question. 
since you brought up this big theological debate. So uh, how did you get your belly button? Through birth. So were Adam and Eve born? Ah. So to recognize our grandparents, or one of the ways, in heaven would be, just check out two people that never had a navel. Okay, so isn't it good to get these things taken care of? Heavy things. <clears throat> so, but it says in the midst, the Hebrew word there means navel, and if you were to take, where's your map? Okay, look at, look at that map over there. We have a map at the, in our home church when we're there in the, behind the pulpit. And I'm always looking at that map. Now look at that map. Doesn't that map look like it should, like a piece of the puzzle just kind of fit together? Of course. Well, that's how it was before the flood. <clears throat> but you look at that interesting map there. Now, what they tell us is that if you were to go to Israel, you can't see it necessarily there, but if you were to go to Israel, you would find out that Israel is in the midst, or the belly button, the navel of the land masses of planet Earth. Right there. So it's the very center. See? And another interesting thing. It's so important to God, if you think about this, Everything points prophetically to Israel. Now, if you're standing in the United States of America and you read that Gog and Magog from the north is going to attack, uh, you might think it's Canada. But if you're going to know prophecy, you've got to stand right there in Israel, and you'll be able to know. It's interesting about Israel. Everything points to it. If you were to go to, let's say, this is Israel, and you were to go to the west over here, uh, all the countries, England, Italy, United States of America, to the west, all of our language reads from the left to the right. It all points to what? The midst, Israel. If you're on the other side, and you go east back over here, all these, India's over China, all their languages what? Read from the right to the left. All of it points to the belly button, the navel. Okay, now, believe it or not, I'm getting close to landing this plane. Because I said 13 verses, and looks like 13's the next one. Let's take a look at it. Now, this is where I think we find America. <clears throat> Verse 13, the Bible says, <clears throat> Sheba and Dedan, those are the South uh, Arabic countries. Matter of fact, you remember President uh, Trump? <clears throat> he went down there and made friends with the Southern Arab countries. They are, they are friends with the United States. Now, they knew once they became friends, then their own, some of their own people, the other Arabs, uh, are, are um, more religious, are going to be against them. But that's who that is. Um, uh, Sheba and Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish. Tarshish is England. England has always been known for its shipping and its trade and its merchants. With all the young lions thereof. Now, what does that mean? Well, every nation has a mascot, right? So what's the mascot of England? The lion. And what's the mascot of China? The dragon. What's the mascot of Russia? The bear. What's the mascot of the United States of America? The eagle. It is interesting, all the other nations, Gentile nations, have unclean animals or birds as their mascot. The mascot of Israel? The lamb. Now think with me here for a second. So, England and all of her young lions. There was a time whenever it was said of England that the sun never sets on, on the British Isles, uh, England. Why? They discovered 
If you can capture seven distinct, specific geographical locations around the planet, like who ever heard of a little place called Gibraltar? What is that? Well, the insurance company, the Rock of Gibraltar. No, that's not really it. You set your guns there, and you can control who comes and goes in this waterway, and you can control all this. So England discovered that. Seven places, whole study in itself, if you can control that, you can control the seas, you can control the coming and going. So that's what England did. And it started colonizing. So who are the young lions? Canada. Australia. United States of America. New Zealand. These countries, they, I mean, some of the African places, you go down there, they speak better English than we do. Especially you Alabama people. I don't know, I mean... Um, we enjoyed the talk. Uh, one of our children was pastoring in, I forget, where was it, like Tennessee, something? And I talked to the grandkids on the phone. <laughs> and they said, hey, Papa, how y'all doing? I said, no, put my granddaughter on the phone. Uh, she's from Missouri. You know, I'm just saying to you, the, this whole movement, when you stop and see how this flow is, it's in the mist, the languages, that take a spoil. So the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, or to carry away silver and gold, and to take away cattle and goods, and to take away a great spoil? And the answer is, yes, that's why I've come. Here, listen to me. I really believe this is going to be England. This is going to be her... Young Lions, Canada, United States of America. How can it be that we are such a powerful, unbelievably um, rich nation and we're never mentioned in the Bible? I think we are mentioned here in type, if you'll see what I'm saying. So why is that? Tell me for a second. Why do you think the United States of America and the power that we have we're not mentioned by name in Scripture. Maybe one of the young lions here, and we're going to go to the UN and say, United Nations, say, we would like to register an official complaint. Now, what goes behind that? Nothing. We want to make a resolution. That's not a law. That's just we want to say something. Why are we in that shape? Uh... Let me conclude with this. First of all, it could be, if you were to read chapter 39, you'll realize it could be the result of a huge nuclear exchange on this planet. Um, we are called, by the Arab people, the white Satanists, America. Uh, they are against us. Why would they be against us? We're friends with Israel. Every time there's a presidential election, our nation is going to go closer to God saving us or is going to go further away, depending on what our, what our president does with the nation of Israel. When, when a president comes to power and he chooses to go against Israel then you know there's a big problem coming. It's almost like this. You think about it. If every I thought about this one time. If every nation was like an automobile, the Bible says one day all the cars on planet Earth, all the nations, are going to wind up in this valley of Megiddo, the Battle of Armageddon. Remember where the blood will run as high as a horse's bridle. And we're not talking a Shetland pony. Way up there. We, we're out there. Miss Sandy and um, tempted to ride some of those horses, but anyway, be that as it may. So, so the blood will rise all the way to the bridle of a horse. You think about that. See? <clears throat> all these countries. Now, here's what you want to keep in mind. Uh, don't believe the lie, separation of church and state. That's nonsense stuff. Here's what you want to realize. Every president or prime minister, uh, president of a country, is like driving the car. 
In driving a car, you've got the steering wheel, but you've got two other uh, instruments. If it's a liberal uh, driver, a driver who goes against Scripture, doesn't uh, care about Israel, uh, j- just uh, agreed, then they're always going to push on the accelerator and get us to the Battle of Armageddon faster. If it's a conservative person, whether they're a Christian or not, if it's someone who says, well, no, really, right is right and wrong is wrong, and little girls are born little girls, and, or, or, their, or kids are born boys, and if it's a, a picture of a dress on a woman, that's the bathroom you go to if you're a woman. Pretty simple things, but that's a conservative leader, and he's putting on the brakes. He's slowing that nation down from getting to the Battle of Armageddon too quickly. Now, we're going to get there, but I'm just saying to you, that's why it's important, whoever you vote for, see? It's really critical. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you? So, it's, America's not going to be powerful because it's going to be hit by nuclear attack. I think another reason, too. By the way, electromagnetic pulse bomb exploded above ground. We discovered that when, years ago, they exploded it out in the ocean, and Hawaii just experienced a total shutdown. And what it does, if it's exploded above ground, it'll shut down all the electronics. Can you imagine what it would be like if you didn't have a cell phone? Finally, peace. Quiet. Can you imagine? Our kids and grandkids, they go, oh, whoa, ho. Something happened. Something happened to my game thing. Something happened. What, what am I going to do? Have you ever seen couples, young couples, walking down the street, and he's texting and she's texting, and I'm thinking, uh, you think they're talking together? Well, what's this all about? I'm just saying to you, by the way, that could happen. Do you realize that? They could shut everything down overnight. Electromagnetic pulse bomb. Um. That's, that's a possibility. The second possibility is an economic collapse in the United States of America. By the way, how many of you know that's coming? You should know that's coming. Now, some of these 200 banks now have uh, closed their doors, so to say. Um, and, and many say it's just going to kind of keep spreading. Um, we're going to a digital... Uh, Currency. Do you know what that means? That means really the dollar bill that you have in your billfold, if there's nothing backing, it's just a piece of paper. And when it says, in God do we trust, that's about what you need to be doing. Don't trust in the green, trust in God. So, so soon it's coming. The whole thing is engineering because we've got to go to a one-world government We've got to go to a one-world money system. They even already have it out, and it's being tried. It's the universal uh, coin, they call it. In other words, all the currencies will be changed over. Now they're calling it a programmable digital currency. You know what that means? So you don't have green dollars on you. You don't have plastic currency anymore. You'll have to have some kind of uh, identification. Maybe it's what it's talking about in the book of the Revelation. They've been doing it for a long time, putting it right here in the web between the thumb and the finger. Nice little fleshy place. They've got bars. They've got groceries or stuff where you just walk in and you just move your hand, wave it over, and it picks up all your information. You don't even have to put, I mean, these are trial things that are going, you, you can put all your groceries in there, you don't have to stop anywhere, you just walk out, and all these red beams pick up everything, your little chip. Now, how many of you already knew that? Okay, good for you. That scares me whenever I go to some church and they say, I've never heard of that. Okay, then we just need to understand kind of where we really are here on things. Um, now, programmable means that if you're not part of the in-group, if you're too conservative, uh, if you are against abortion, 
then they can fine you by just going into your bank account. Beep, 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 beep. That's $500. You just lost 500 bucks because you got on Twitter and you said, I am against abortion. Okay, so then you go over here the next day on Twitter and you say, I believe that one man and one woman equals marriage. By the way, people are getting fired because they put something like that on Twitter. And they'll say, okay, blip, 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 blip. you just lost $1,000 from your account. It's called being politically correct, we used to say. In China, they've been doing this for a long time. It's called a credit score, social credit score. Uh, they've got cameras everywhere. If you jaywalk across the street, then pew, facial figure, they put that in, and it just costs you 100 bucks in China. Now, the countries really love that because it's what? Control. And, and, and by the way, you say, I'm going to try to find ways to get out of paying my taxes. Programmable currency, there's no way. They'll say, hey, do not worry about paying taxes anymore. We will pay the taxes for you out of your account. Oh, taxes just went up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Man, and that's where we are. That's what's happening right here, right now. Here's the last thing that I want to say. So the collapse of our U.S. economy. Here's the third thing. Divided America. The scripture says real clearly, a house divided against itself, what? Cannot stand. Oh! A house divided against can't stand. A nation divided against itself, it cannot stand. See, so to build back better, you have to collapse everything. So then you can build it back the way the elite people setting the stage for the one world leader, the Antichrist, wants to build it back. How many of you with me? Okay, could you let me just read a couple, three more things, then I'm done? Here's, here's what I wanted to mention to you. Conclusion. Three don'ts. Don'ts. Three things I don't want you to do when you walk out of here. First of all, I don't want you to be afraid. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Now listen. You might not have realized it. I might not have realized it. But God has been preparing us for just such a day as this. For just such a time as this. Now, let's, let's finish strong before the rapture. Let, let's do what we're supposed to do before the rapture. Second thing, don't waste time. We're time wasters. We waste time. And I think sometimes you get older when you waste more time. Uh, yeah, I'm just tired. Well, okay, I understand. Everybody gets tired. But remember, you used to be, you white-haired people, like me, we used to be out on the front line doing things. You get older and you say, well, that's kind of for those young people. I'm just saying to you, maybe you and I are wasting time. Third thing. Don't forget. Touched on this the other day. Don't forget. Don't forget that in heaven, you'll never get to go soul winning one time. You'll never have to go up to someone in heaven and say, here, I'd like to give you a gospel track. They'd say, what's wrong with you? In heaven, you'll never get a t chance to teach a third grade girls Sunday school class. Are you hearing me? Now, if you're going to do something spiritual that will advance the kingdom of God. You ought to do it now. The curtain's closing on our time zone. We ought to do it now. Now, here are three do's. Do stay informed. And I'm grateful for the hands that... That's why I'm asking questions. How many heard about that? How many heard about that? Hands go up. Perfect. I want you to be more informed than conformed. Now, be careful, because there's a lot of information flying out there, and most of it is liberal, nonsense, lies. So find the place that will tell you things from the biblical perspective. 
By the way, that's why church, church ought to be one of the best communicating places. Second thing, three, three do's. Uh, do have a support group. Do have a support group. And what does the scripture say? That we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a church, as the manner of some is. Now, I personally believe this. I believe we're in the last part of the last inning. And I believe this COVID thing really, I know it kind of messed up a lot of our past, us pastors. Is Man, we lost people from that. But maybe, just maybe from God's perspective, that COVID thing was a big sifting. See what I'm saying? Because in the last days, I would personally rather have a remnant that's really solid, on fire for the Lord, understands what's going on, willing to take a stand, even if it's maybe a, uh, conflicts with a family member. I'd rather have that group, small, spearheaded, energized by the Lord, than to have the masses. It's like herding a bunch of cats. I think COVID sifted, sifted the church. And it got rid of maybe some people that were with us, but they really weren't of us. Last thing. I really think you should prepare for the transition time. Now, what does that mean? Well, I believe spiritually the best preparation is to make sure you're digging into the Scripture and figuring out where are we here. Where are we in the United States of America? Keep an eye on the headlines, the stuff that's, that's coming down. I, you know, in Oregon, <clears throat> they have uh, determined that if you're a Christian family that are against the transition of children, girls becoming boys, then you can't adopt the state's children that are up for adoption. Do you see where that's going to go? It's going to spill over. It's going to other places. So prepare yourself spiritually. Prepare yourself emotionally. Prepare yourself emotionally. In other words, this will be a separator in family structures. Jesus Christ said, Think not that I came to send peace on earth. I came to send a sword. To, 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 uh, send a sword to divide the daughter against her mother. The father against his son. Uh, they of the, their own household will be your foe. And I know that's tough. I know that's tough. We've had some experiences like that in our family. But now, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, doesn't mean you're not saved, but to be a disciple, a follower in these last days, you're going to have to make some hard decisions. Do make preparations emotionally. And then, um, I would just say this, common sense stuff. I'm not a prepper, but listen to me. I wished I'd have known that Dollar Tree was going to hike their items 25%. I told my wife, I said, what? I said, if I'd have known that, I'd have gone in the day before, catch this, and I would have spent $1,000 buying every kind of thing they've got in that store that I could use, you know? I may have been to Dollar Tree. Okay. I, I would have spent $1,000. The next day they hiked it, I would have saved $250. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, um, where we live in Iowa, <clears throat> we have snow, ice storms, blizzards. And, and, and nobody thinks it's strange. Think with me. They say a blizzard's coming, or here, down here. So you got a hurricane. It's going to smash into the coast and then come up your way. Nobody thinks it's weird or strange if you say, okay, so we may be out of electricity for a few days. We may need some food. We may need some water for a week or two. Nobody thinks that's strange. Do you think that's strange? Do you think it's strange? Okay, all I'm saying to you, it would just be smart. Even FEMA, you know what FEMA says? That's our government. They say that everybody have, ought to have several days of water because of uh, some kind of, okay, so what if, the, what if the grids go down? Now, I'm not a prepper, but I'm just saying to you, 
This is common sense stuff, you know. Why not have? I remember one time we were my grandparents, and uh, man, the clouds got black, and we heard uh, 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 the radio. They said, uh, there's a tornado warning. We followed our grandparents. They took us out in the backyard, big mound of dirt. I thought somebody's buried out there. Opened up a door, and I'm thinking, we're going to visit the dead? We walked down in there. They lit a candle, and pretty soon it was musty and smelly. And I looked around. What did I find on all the shelves? Canned goods. For what reason? Well, in case the farmers had kind of a bad year, guess what? You could still stay alive. Now, how many of you understand what I'm talking about? Okay. Now, I'm finished. It's a shame that we can't find the United States of America listed among the 15 nations. Why isn't it? You've got a front row seat getting ready to see why it's not listed. We're falling apart in the United States of America. Father in heaven, we don't want to walk out of here afraid. We want to walk out of here aware.